Well, today, this is the second in our series, in our new series, Level Up. And again, as Audrey said, God is calling us, we believe in 2023, to a higher purpose, to greater commitment, to new perspectives, and we're ready to follow him into that. And I think last week, all of us, we were so excited to welcome Pastor Pat back to the platform to launch our series. Oh, it made my heart so happy to see him. And man, what a message he brought on sonship. He brought a message that talked about that, that the highest purpose we could ever attain, drop the mic, is sonship. It has nothing to do with performance, but it has everything to do with our identity. And now that that is established, I'm going to take the baton from Pastor Pat, and I'm going to run a little bit with it. And I, today I want to talk about commitment. And ooh, commitment, man, you're like, just a second, commitment, I'm backing up, I'm backing up, I'm backing up. And I'm always like, wait, what's the commitment here for me? And we always want to know about a commitment. But I'm going to talk about the commitment that we make as followers, as disciples of Jesus. I want to talk about what that looks like. So the title of my message today is Leveling Up by Letting Go. How many of you are gamers in the room? Gamers, gamers, how many grew up with playing games? Come on, you might not be a gamer. Okay, how many of you grew up listening to that Mario song? Forever. How many of you, that was the background music of your dreams? Me. If you're a parent in the room and you have a child that is somewhere around 40-ish. Oh Lord. We were the parents of the generation that bought the, one of the first Nintendos. It came with Duck Hunt and Super Mario's too. My son collected aluminum cans, or rather I did, driving him around for that to buy his first Nintendo. And my second son comes along and he, you know, takes the baton from the first son. My second son is interesting. He's the engineer. And so he learned back then in the World Wide Web, which is what we called it, he learned that you could actually go on, he's a middle child, so he learns these things, and you could get something called cheat codes. How many ever used a cheat code in a video game? Cheater, cheater. <laughs> Jesus is watching. He was watching that. And, and Phil used to go, I just gotta beat this level. And cheat codes, I don't, see, I'm not a, I'm not a video game player. Except Mario Party. I do like Mario Party. But I'm not a bunch of a video game player. But I understand that a cheat code can get you to another level without you actually maybe having to legitimately beat it. So it gives you extra lives. gives you extra power. It gives you extra like ways that you can go. It just essentially helps you cheat to get into the next level. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, gosh, this could be a message. Because honestly, Jesus... He kind of does all that, right? See, Jesus already defeated the level. He's just asking us to follow him. Like Jesus is the cheat code for your every next level. Like there's extra life, there's extra power, there's direction, there's like secret tunnels you can go through. Like with G Jesus is the cheat code for every next level of your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. And so, but here's the deal. There's one thing we have to do. We got to follow, right? And so I almost called the message level up by cheating. 
because that sounded really good to me. But we ended up leaving it, letting up, leveling up by letting go. So today, we're going to study the story of the Apostle Peter. Because of all the followers of Jesus, he's one of my favorite followers. And we're going to look at the evolution of his call, his commitment, and his assignment. And I think there's so much value in studying the stories of the Bible. So, you know, we've been doing, we do word studies, we do concept studies, we do theology studies, but when we study the stories of the Bible in with, here's air quotes, in their cultural context, and we always have to study, if we're going to do a story that we just definitely always need to study it in its cultural context context. So Peter lived in first century Jewish culture. And so as we study the story, if we're listening, if we're watching, we can actually glean information that can help us learn how to navigate the culture that we currently live in, which is very different than first century culture. So we're going to study the evolution of Peter's call in first century culture. And I know, and I promise you, we're going to get some nuggets, some keys to how we can actually level up our walk, our journey as followers of Christ. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke 5. That's where we're going to start. Let's pray over the word. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your guidance. I pray a blessing on the word today for us. I thank you for revelation, for open hearts, for deep waters today, God. I thank you that your hand is upon all of us as we get ready to listen and learn from you. Amen. 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 Well, I'm going to read. It's kind of a long passage, but read with me. In Luke 5, we're going to start in verse 5. And it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw, this is Jesus, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Everybody say, I'm about ready to launch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, and we have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word... I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Now Jesus says to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, everybody say all, and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. Now at first glance, you're like, whoa, Simon, Peter. Man, I'm not like him. 
He heard Jesus walks by. He's like, hey, catch some fish. You should follow me. Done. I made a decision. Massive life change. Leave everything. Here I go. Seal the deal. And that can make some of us feel like, gee, I've been walking with the Lord for 15 years. I'm still, you know. And so, but, but it does seem at first glance like it just was so easy. But I think, as we said before, if we really study the story, if we look at culture, if we look at the whole context of the word, we're going to find that the evolution of Peter's call was probably something very similar to yours and mine. But we got to look at a little bit of background. You ready? We're going we're gonna, to, as I like to say, back up the truck a little bit. We're going to back up the truck. And so, first of all, there is an account of this first encounter between Jesus and Peter in every single one of the apostles' gospels, right? In every single one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There is an account of this. Now, they differ. They differ. And so there are two ways that you could think about this. You could say, well, they differ. They were different, they were different events in the course of this call of Peter. Or you could say, there's an inerrancy in the Bible. I mean, Mark said it this way, but Luke said it this way, and then John said it this way, and how could all this happen at once? And you lean into this like, well, let me try to like reorganize this and let me, let me prove that the Bible is actually not you know, untrue. I don't think we have to go there. Let's check it out. The very first encounter that, well, hang on, really quick, context. Before we get to this day, Jesus, he'd already started his ministry in Nazareth. They tried to kill him, threw him out. He went to um, Capernaum. John the Baptist got baptized. Pat talked about it, went into the wilderness, 40 days, came out in the spirit, started his earthly ministry. He's in the region of Capernaum and Galilee, where guess what? Peter's a fisherman. He goes to the same place every day, and he fishes. He has a boat. He has a very small community. This is not New York. This is first century. Capernaum, Sea of Galilee, they all know each other. It's a very small community. John the Baptist has been ministering. Word has spread. Word spreads quick among these small towns. Now, first encounter is in John 1. And it says 35, ah, actually 40, I guess. It says that Andrew Simon Peter's brother became a believer. He was one of the first believers in Jesus. Jesus comes along. John says, that's the one. Andrew Simon, who's Simon Peter's brother, says, yay, that's the one. He is the Messiah. So Andrew goes to Jesus, and he's like, where are you staying? Where are you staying? Where are you staying? Why don't you come home with me? Because the one thing that Andrew wants to do is introduce his brother, Peter, Simon Peter, to Jesus. So he brings Simon Peter to Jesus, to Jesus, or rather Jesus to Simon Peter, and he says, this is the Messiah. We have found him. And now Simon Peter, there's an inferred point of belief where Simon Peter has to let go of his previous religious, we all have religious assumptions. We all have um, 
predetermined theologies in our religion. He has to let go of that, and he has to believe that Jesus is truly the Messiah, the one that was prophesied, right? And that's a commitment. And so it's a commitment that actually puts him on the outside of the norm religious communities. Maybe not such a safe decision at that point, but it was a commitment. And at that point, Jesus looks at him, and he says, he begins to prophesy over him. He's like, you're Simon, son of Jonah, but from now on, you're going to be called Peter. He changes his name. Right then and there, the moment of belief, Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, you're not who you think you are. You're not who you think you are. You're a rock. I'm going to tell you something. You're a rock. See, all these things that have happened in your life before, everything, none of that defines who you are. You're a rock. And they move from that place, and then it says there's another day. There's another day. Because, see, Peter is a believer, but a believer isn't necessarily always a follower, right? I believe, but I'm not willing to follow you, right? I can believe you, but not follow you. And so, because the thing about it is, is that following, especially in that day, required a commitment. And a commitment requires, guess what? Letting go, right? If you commit to go to the next level, you got to let go of the level you're on. The level you're on, you might feel really comfortable. I beat level one. I beat it and beat it and beat it and beat it and beat it. I'm good at level one. I'm the best at level one, but I'm not going level two, right? So one of the things that, that Jesus telling Peter he was the rock is helping with is G Peter has to let go of his self-perception, right? I'm a rock. I'm a rock. I can make this commitment. You know why? Because I'm a rock. Because I'm a rock. And so the next thing that Peter is going to have to let go of is his self-reliance, right? He's a fisherman by trade. That was one of the, probably by today's standards, few trades that you could actually do or be in that day living in a seaside community. And so he's a fisherman. He provides for his, he was married. We know he was married um, because he had a mother-in-law that Jesus healed. So he had to provide for his family. He used that fish to feed his family. He used that, used that fish to feed his community excuse me, community, because he sold or he bartered all of what he caught. And so there's another day. Everybody say, I have another day. I have another day. There's another day. And so it says Jesus is walking by the sea. I guess it's the Sea of Galilee or whatever. They're all mixed up there. And, you know, again, Jesus, Peter's a fisherman fishing in the same place. Jesus ministering in the same place. And he sees Peter and his buddies, and it says that they are casting their nets into the sea. They're fishing. They're casting their nets into the sea. Well, there's a bunch of different ways you can fish. One is with a line. One is through a boat. One is in the shallows. And from the shore, you're fishing in the shallows, right? So Peter's fishing in the shallows. And it says that Jesus walks up and he says, follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. We all know it. We all have heard it, right? So Peter, now understand, Peter has already come to a place of belief, right? He has already decided this is who he believes in. And now Jesus says, follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. And it says that Peter immediately left his net, which was his livelihood for that day, and he followed Jesus. Now let's back up and do a little bit of a word study on that. that there's two words for follow. One of the words used in the New Testament is Come, come here. Hey, come here. Come to me, 
right? That's the one that's like, let the little children come to me. Come to me, all you who, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. When Jesus says, follow me, that's the word he uses. He uses, come to me. There's another word for follow that means a union of two people that are united and walking the same path. That's not the word he uses right there. He uses the other word. And he says, come here, come closer, and I will make you a fisher of men. So what he doesn't say is, you should probably catch men. Gosh, Peter, you're a rock. You should probably be catching men, right? How many of you know that the enemy likes to come and tells you what you probably should be doing? But Jesus never said that. Like I often say sometimes when meeting with people, did Jesus say that? Or is that just you, right? Because Jesus didn't say, I think you should actually go catch men. Jesus said two words, follow me. Hey, hey, come here. And I will make you. See, we do the following. Jesus does the making. Can you get free in that? See, when, whenever you have the I should, I should be, I should do, I should get, I should be better, I should go on and, you know, live in Uganda, whatever. You go, did Jesus tell me that? But Jesus just says, follow me and let me do the making of you. There's so much freedom. Oh, my God. When you get confused, you just say, all I'm supposed to do is follow him. All I'm supposed to do is follow him. So it says at that word that Peter left his net for the day. He left his net for the day. And he followed. The other word followed. He began walking that path and took another step into the commitment with Jesus so that it unifies them. And they begin walking the same path. There's another day. Everybody say, there's another day. There's another day. And this is the third encounter. And so now Peter has believed, and he's come a little closer, and Jesus has his attention, and he's allowing Jesus to make him. Now, that word make is a word that has something called implied process. It's, it's a word that basically says, as you come closer, you are being transformed into something else. Right? So as you get closer to the heat, you know, you could catch on fire. Right? So as you get closer, the transformation process happens. And so that's that word make. And so there's another. The third encounter is the one we just read. So it says that Jesus is walking along the shore again. Why? Because Peter's a fisherman. He's fishing in the same place. Jesus is ministering in the same place. And it says that he sees Peter and his friends cleaning their nets. And he comes up and he's like... How's that working for you? Because, see, time before, Jesus said, fish are not your aim. People are your aim. See, Jesus changes an assignment for him. There's nothing wrong with being a fisherman and providing food for people. There's nothing wrong with being a farmer, nothing wrong with being a butcher, a grocer, nothing. But Jesus had changed his assignment. And how many of you know if you're living in last season's assignment, there's probably no life in that. You're probably not catching anything. And you go, man, I'm just doing what I used to do. I'm just doing what I used to do. And Jesus is like, except I changed your assignment. And so you could fish all day long, but you're not going to catch anything. I changed your assignment. 
But Jesus wants to use this as a teaching moment. And so he, so he asked Peter, you know, how's that working for you? And Peter's like, yeah, we ain't caught nothing. So Jesus like, get in a boat. Is this your boat? This is your boat. Peter, get in the boat. And I just have to tell you today, the Spirit of the Lord is saying, get in the boat. Like, get in the boat. And, and so it says that Jesus teaches a little bit, you know, and, and Peter calls him master. So we know in those days you didn't just be like, oh, okay, you're my master. Like, if you called somebody master or Lord, you actually, that came with a connotation of commitment and devotion, right? So in this passage, Peter is calling him master. So there's something that is shifting in the commitment of Peter. And so Peter gets in the boat with him. And so Jesus teaches a little bit. And then it says that Jesus, I, I got stuck. I said, I said in our sermon prep that I got stuck so hard on this statement where Peter, so, Peter, so Jesus is trying to get him to like, let's try it again. Like, let's try it again. And Peter says, we've fished all night. We've caught nothing. But at your word, because you said... I'm going to do it, right? He's going, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of the past. I tried it a million times. I've never been a good father. I've never been a good husband. I've never been a good worker. I've never held a job. I've never gotten off drugs. I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to get that ministry going. I've never been able to go, you know, start an orphanage. I've never been able to do it. I've tried and failed. And Jesus says, get in the boat. Just get in the boat. Just try again. I just have to say, right now, there's something that you've just never been able to do. Try again. Put Jesus in the boat and try again. But see, there's a key. One sheet code right here. Jesus says, so where I got stuck, launch into the deep. Day before, he was fishing in the shallows. Launch into the deep. And put down your net and make space for me to work in this because I'm in the boat. And your assignment has shifted. And so, I just kept telling Pastor Jeff, I'm like, I can't get past lunch into the deep. I just need to tell you, come out of the shallows. See, in 2023, the way that we have to live out our faith as a follower of Jesus, you can't live in the shallows. There is no fish in the shallows in 2023, not in this day, not today. You got to come out of the shallows, get Jesus in the boat, launch out. We're going to get, we got to go to deep places. But deep is scary. Go, I'm not a deep person. I'm not real deep. I'm not real deep. You know, I'm like two inches thick. Jesus is like, well, we're going to get deep. And he says, put your net out. Make space for me to show myself strong on your behalf. And so it says that they do it, right? They put their net down. and Oh, my gosh. I love this. It, there's so many fish they weren't able to to take care of so they ask for all these people and they're struggling with the nets peter stays with the fish that's important he stays and they're trying to get their nets they thought they were going to sink and then peter has this moment of epiphany where he goes you know that word sin means fall short miss the mark and he goes depart from me i'm sinful you have zero idea who i am and i've missed the mark so badly that i am not the man you think i am 
But Jesus has a different opinion, right? So Peter tries to tell him, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the person you think I am. I missed the mark. I'm a horrible father. I'm a horrible son. I'm a horrible Christian. You know, just even like the day before yesterday, I did something. And Jesus just looks right past it into the truth of his life. See, Jesus will look right past some of the things you do into the truth of your life if you let him. And he says, okay, okay, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And he reaffirms the assignment of the previous encounter. But when he says from now on, rather than I will make you a fisher of men, that word says from this point forward, you are who I say you are. You are who I say you are. So don't be afraid because you just saw what we did. Don't be afraid because from this point on, you are who Jesus says you are. Oh, the story changes. And it says, so, so Peter had to let go of fear. He had to let go of every perception that he had, right? He had to let go of the shallows. He had to get into the deep. There's a lot of letting go. He let go of his net the day before. But today it says that he forsook all. And he followed, you and I are united and we are walking the same path. It says that he forsook all and he followed him. Now that's the moment. When we want to simplify the gospel and go, Jesus walks up and goes, hey, you should follow me. And Peter goes, okay. How cheap does that sound? How easy? And sometimes, okay, soapbox. We teach our children that story that way. See, being a follower is a process. The evolution of our call is a process. The one thing that we know is Jesus pursues us with a process. Okay, Peter, how's that work for you? You're not catching any fish? Well, I told you you're supposed to be catching men, but look, you're still casting your net. You're in the shallows. You're in the shallows. Okay, well, come on. Let's do it one more time. And now he forsook all. And in that day, in Peter's first century world, that meant a lot. Not able to feed his family, maybe. I don't know, but he did. Like, he, he left the, like, like traditional religion, all the stuff. And Peter walked in line with Jesus. And because of that, he saw one fish turn into thousands. He saw the dead raised. He saw the sick healed. He saw, he saw like people who were demon possessed delivered. Peter walked on water in the places of the deep, at least for a little while, at least for a little while. And so all of this centers around this first century, like, you know, culture, right? And so Peter walked on water, and you got to go. He's like, I'm over the deep. Like, this is deep, God. This is deep. But then it kind of crashes. Because how many of you know, sometimes things crash. Jesus gets arrested. They kill him. He's dead. He's dead, dead. Right? And Peter still has some preconceived things. He still has some stuff that he's holding on to that is are, it's kind of impeding his ability to follow Jesus through this challenge. And so there's a point where he denies 
Jesus three times. Self-protection, self-preservation, self-reliance. He's still got some stuff. How many of you got stuff? <laughs> I got to tell you a story about stuff. Oh, man. Every time I work on a message, I'm like, why is this always about me? Just talk about them. Talk about them. They have stuff. So, so Mike and I, we were, Mike, my husband, for those who don't know, we were, we were having our, you know, we went away just the beginning of the year, and we were um, talking about what we want to do for the new year. And, gosh, we just, we've been walking with the Lord for 37, I don't know, a lot of years, right? And we both are just like, this year, we just want to give the Lord our whole heart our whole heart and I said to Mike I said that's terrifying he goes why I go because in order to give the Lord my whole heart I gotta let go of some things my heart is holding on to that are interfering with that and so we were both like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and so a couple weeks in you know I'm doing my beginning of the year you know meditation prayer fast all of that and the Lord says you have too much stuff I'm like, excuse me I read Spark Joy, read Kondo. I don't have a junk drawer. I organize the KOM closet. You should look at it. It's so beautiful. And so everything's color coordinated. If I have seven purple bins and one is blue, I will drive to Target and get a purple one to come back and put it in and go, mm, yeah, that works for me. So I don't have any of that stuff. And so the Lord is like, no, you have too much stuff. And I'm like, is this like metaphorically? I have too much stuff. And so the Lord's just like, just, just saying. So I get up from that devotion, and I'm like, so weird. Maybe I got emotional, relational. Do I got baggage? And so I go in the kitchen, and I'm going to make breakfast. And I need a whipper, you know, like an egg beater, right? And so I open the drawer, my very organized drawer, where I would keep those things. And I look down, and I go, which one should I use? <laughs> and the Lord is like, uh-huh. How's that working for you? So I pull out the one that you can only use on the Teflon pan, but then there's the one that's metal, and I really like that because it sounds great in the aluminum bowl. And then I have one that looks like a little bit of an egg. You know, it's just, it's just a, a ball. And then my favorite, this one. Like, I love this one. This one works. It works for me. It's like a, that's my special egg. I bought my kids this for Christmas. And so I legit did. It's like this special one. And so the Lord is like, uh-huh. Can't you beat an egg with a fork? Yeah. Ah, I want to talk about you guys. <laughs> I don't want to talk about me. And so the Lord goes, where I am sending you, you can't take all those egg beaters. I was like, I'll keep this one. So I took, I took my egg beaters. I put them outside and I set them there. And then I went about my day and I opened another drawer and there just happened to be a half a sheet with these cute little four labels still left on it. That took about three minutes to get that thing in the trash can. He's like, can you buy another label? I'm like, I need, what, what if I need this label? And then I opened my calendar. The Lord says, you got a lot of stuff. I'm like, I know, but this is part of who I am. And he's like, but where you're going, that calendar doesn't work for me. And then he said, I was supposed to make a phone call that I didn't want to make. And I said, well, I got some boundaries. And the Lord goes, you got a lot of boundaries. You got a lot of opinions. 
You got a lot of words. You got a lot of have-tos. Julie, you got a lot of stuff. And where I'm sending you, you can't take all that. Ah, I still want to talk about you guys. And so I am in this process right now. And my poor husband, he's like, please don't get rid of me. I am working through the house. And I'm like, I got a lot of stuff. Does he get to stay? Okay, he can stay. But he's got a lot of stuff too. Lord, do you been in his office? Like, he's got a lot of stuff. And so he's like, God didn't tell me that. Like, God told you that. And so I'm like trying to get rid of it. How come you have two rain jackets? I bought you a rain jacket. Why are you wearing that jacket in the rain? And he's just like, I'm going to zip this up. And so we're going through this thing. I'm just being honest. But see, Peter had a lot of stuff. I'm going to get back to the story because this is way too vulnerable. Um, the end of the story. The end of the story. So Peter had a lot of stuff. And when Jesus died, he, it stumbled him. And he denied him. And so here's the final encounter at the lake overfishing between Jesus and Peter. So it says that Jesus had already shown himself to Peter two times. Two times. But Peter is standing on the shore and he goes, his buddies, they're bummed because things didn't turn out the way they had. He had some shallow expectations about what was going to happen in his life and he looks at his buddies and he goes i'm going fishing he gets in the boat and they follow him and as they're out catching nothing because his assignment had changed jesus walks up on the shore and he goes how's it working for you you have any food they're like, nah, we ain't catching nothing. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, well, let's do this one more time because Jesus is going to pursue the process with you. And he says, how about you cast the net on the right side of the boat? Now, I don't know if that means left, right, or just like do it right this time. And so they cast the net. And again, they, they, they have this like, whoa, oh my gosh. They recognize that it's Jesus. Now this time, I love this scene. Peter doesn't stay with the fish, doesn't stay with the net, doesn't stay with the boat, doesn't stay with anybody. He jumps out of the boat and he is like, now jumping out of the boat, that's a commitment. That's a commitment, right? It's very Peter-like, but he like jumps out of the boat and he swims in. And, you know, all the, the disciples are like, oh, my gosh, it's Jesus because they saw this display of his power, right? But there's a moment that, that Jesus just gets Peter by himself. And he starts this dialogue. Peter, do you love me more than these? There's all the, the other disciples, a bunch of fish. Do you love me more than these? Because, see, Jesus is going to get to the heart of the issue, right? And Jesus is like, come on, Lord. You know I love you more than these. And G Peter knows. He's got some shame. Like, he knows he denied Jesus. He knows what's going on. But he knows the right answers, right? I love you more than these. Of course, they're lame. I love you. Um, so I jumped out of the boat. They stayed with the fish. I can start talking about all the things I'm doing better than you, you know, when I'm talking to Jesus. And he's like, yeah, that, no, no, right? In my old, that dog ain't going to hunt with Jesus, right? And so Jesus goes, feed my lambs. So basically what he's saying is, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I do. And, and then he goes, feed my lambs. Because here's the deal. Jesus is speaking prophetically into his call and into his assignment. Jesus is saying, Peter, I need you to know that the gift and calling that's in your life from me is irrevocable. 
It's irrevocable right now. Like it doesn't matter. I know you denied me, but you go feed my sheep because that's what you're supposed to be doing. And so we asked him one more time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, you know I love you, Lord. And he's like, all right, feed my sheep. Again, your gift, your calling is irrevocable. But the key that you're missing, Peter, is do you love me? Now, one more time, the third time. Is this because he denied Jesus three times? Could be. There's a lot of reasons. Study first century culture. If you say something three times, holy, 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 it's written in stone. It's a contract, right? You do something three times. Now we are leveling up our commitment, right? It is so. And Jesus says, third time. Peter, do you love me? And says that Jesus, that Peter was like kind of irritated by it. Why do you keep asking me? Like, because, but right now he's like, this is commitment, Peter. And Peter says a third time, I love you. You guys can come up. Lord, I love you. This time, Jesus says, I know you do, basically. But Peter, the commitment that you're making right now, it's going to kill you. See, people are going to come along and they're going to bind your hands and they're going to take you to places where you don't want to go. See, Peter was about to walk the same road that Jesus walked. He was going to be killed in a similar fashion as a martyr for the cause of Christ. And so Jesus tells them, I need you to understand your commitment right now that it basically means your death. Like this is a till death do us part commitment. Peter, do you love me? Because see, Jesus, he's the cheat code for all the levels of your life. But loving him is the key. See, loving him is the key that takes you to the next level because that following requires a commitment and a commitment requires letting go and the only way you're going to let go is if you love him first so i gotta tell you for decades of following jesus the only thing that has kept me in the game when things got hard when people hurt my feelings when we faced death and illness and lack and child like the only thing that has kept me in the game is that i love him like i love jesus and there have been times where i'm like i don't like this christian life very much right now but i love you and therefore i need you to get in the boat and i need to get out of the shallows and i need to allow the depths of that love to transform my heart in a way that encourages and strengthens and heals and brings me freedom i need to be willing to get in the deep with you and the only way i'm going deep with you is if i love you so last week we learned about the love of god towards us this week, there's a call to deep waters. You need to get out of the shallow. Because, see, follow today. You can follow someone like this. There's also an unfollow. The moment you follow, guess what changes on the button? Unfollow, subscribe, unsubscribe right it just boom pops up subscribe unsubscribe yeah subscribe unsubscribe see because you guys can start if you want 
Oh, oh, we're waiting. Okay. Piano, where, or whatever that is. Um, so I just didn't want them standing and wonder what they were doing. Um, so the only way, like when you follow someone, they have your attention. Right? But they don't have your affection. And they don't have your devotion. So that was first century. Follow meant everything. 2023, follow means click. Unclick, click, unclick, click, unclick. See, Jesus needs followers, but he needs your attention, he needs your affection, and he needs your devotion. Because if those three aren't present, you're going to be click, follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow. But the key to consistency is that you love him. I'll never unfollow you because I love you. Because your road is my road, wherever that leads. And so in 2023, God is calling us to greater commitment. He's calling us to level up. But that requires following. He's doing the making. We're doing the following. And we're using that, our love, as the foundation, as the encouragement, as the empowerment of that. Can you stand? We're just going to take a few minutes to respond. Can you close your eyes? Jesus is right now. He's calling you to get out of the shallows. He's calling you into deeper waters. He's saying, follow me and try again. Be free from the shame. Be free from your self-perceptions, your self-reliance. Be free from your assumptions. Come out of the shallows. Come into the deep and let down your nets. Jesus is calling us to that kind of abandonment in our commitment as followers. Just right now, I want you to just ask him, Father, what are the things my heart is holding on to that I need to let go of? Take a minute. Now give him that thing. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. It's time to launch. It's time to level up. Shame is going. Shame is going out the door. Failure's going. Self-preservation is going. Anger, frustration, Disappointment, it's all, it's going. Give it to him. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us. And now open our hearts, God, and allow us to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. In this moment, right 
now. Now we're just going to have one song of worship where it's going to give you an opportunity to respond. Don't, don't shy away from this moment. Lean in to this moment. You're welcome to come up to the front. There's also people that can pray with you, but we're going to worship together. We're going to let it go. We're going to launch into the deep. Come up to the front. It's deep water up here. Get prayer. Tell people, I got too much stuff. I got to let it go. I want the deep. I'm coming out of the shallows. It's time to worship. It's time to respond. Yeah.